0: Okay. Check. Yeah. Fucking it. Fuck it. up. it. Fuck it. it. up. Fuck it thank you thank you my god 2021 listen new year same enthusiastic response i love my whole heart truth fam look at y'all just standing up all right everybody sit down okay calm it down calm it down don't let the uh political climate though rob you of your joy and you guys are you guys are an example of that i mean it's a new year right isn't it everything's coming up roses isn't it either way Regardless of what you may be feeling This episode of The Whole Heart Truth Brought to you, by the way By the DNVR Podcast Network Search the DNVR, search The Whole Heart Truth Wherever you get your podcasts We're going to be there We're going to be right there Ready to give you all this good content In 2021 and the years to come Um, So, in the vein of Being on a lighter note I thought it would be great to start this year With uh, an episode that is sure to leave you smiling. My homeboy, Thomas Evans, AKA Detour, uh, search him at Detour 303 uh, on Instagram, on the grams, um, is a bright light in the arts community. He's a bright light in our world uh, in general. And you're gonna find that out. I've had a chance to work with this man intimately um, on a couple of different occasions, one being the publishing of his book, Uh, Be the Artist. You can pick that up at Barnes and Nobles. Uh, Get it on Amazon. It's everywhere. It's everywhere where you need to be. Um, This man exemplifies a term that he has emblazoned across his chest all the time. If you know Thomas, you've seen him in the Be a Good Person sweatshirt. And it's not just, uh, you know, a garment that he wears or uh, a slogan that he pimps. Um, It is a lifestyle that he lives and you're sure to find that out as you listen to this episode of the whole hard truth i'm not gonna waste a lot of time i'm just gonna get into it i present to you the whole hard truth about being a good person and a great artist with thomas detour evans let's get to it
1: i think first where i want to start is that i don't know who doesn't know who you are but I think it would only be right to, uh, explain to people who you are, what you do, where you're from, just in short order, who is Thomas D. Torrey Evans.
2: So Thomas D. Torrey Evans is a full-time creative, uh, born a military brat, uh, moved around a lot of different places, ended up in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so I've been here for the past 16 years and basically just working in the arts, man, like after I graduated 2012, uh, did like a short stint in Tanzania. But when I came back around 2014 um, after being there for about eight months, um, I basically just started to do art full time. So now it's like I'm doing a ton of street art, a ton of uh, murals, a ton of traditional work, a ton of installations, a ton of sort of, uh, you know, sculpture pieces. So Really, it's just, uh, you know, a full time creative sort of lifestyle. And trying to figure out how to sort of, you know, just create something different every day, but also, uh, teach the community as I sort of do it myself.
1: Bro, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of a trip. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at, I told you yesterday when we talked briefly, like, I got one of your pieces, uh, hanging up in my house, and it's a piece of meat. You know what I mean? It's like, and I had a dilemma for a while, like, you know, people would see it and they'd be like, "Oh shit, that's you." And then if it's hanging up in your house, I'm like, well, do you hang a picture of yourself in your house?" I remember seeing a uh, an article where Dwayne Wade had uh, a picture of himself in his house. Just as you enter his house in in Florida, and it was like, "Well, that's kind of," I mean, not narcissistic. It's self-congratulatory at the at the very least. But I'm like <laughs> one of the dopest. If one of the dopest artists in the world, literally um does a piece of you and then two of your friends buy it for you you have every right to hang that in your house it's an honor to you know i mean to to just i'm sitting here looking at it now and it's like you've climbed to this level of success as a creative a full-time creative that a lot of people are like how did you do that is that is that kind of the inspiration behind your uh, art tip tuesday series
2: yeah man just like trying to help other artists out trying to be the artist i would want to meet when i first started out so that's the main thing about the art tip tuesday is just that you know it's like i didn't make it alone so you know i have to sort of reach back and help other artists out and be that stepping stone for them because you know a lot of times you get this crab in the barrel mentality and that's just like not conducive to uh, a positive arts community so trying to do as much as i can to teach that's
1: interesting that you say that because like a you know, as um, one of the questions that I have for you, and, and we'll go along it, because art has taken on this sort of different context in a social media world, right? And I was listening to a Jordan Peterson lecture one time, and and it's been long since sort of an American mantra that you're all winners and things like that, and everybody got a creative in them. And I don't know if that's true, to be quite honest with you, but I know that in a social media world, the art has exploded, right? And And it's something that everybody – wants to dabble in. Um, I would call you a traditional artist. You're, you're true to it. I mean, you've done the photography side of things. Like you mentioned sculpture and your painting and you do muralizing. You even started on a, a different path, I believe, when you were talking about your trip to Tanzania. That wasn't really as much about art as it was about humanitarianism. Um, it, it, what's the climate of the arts world in this sort of, you know, every man for themselves, do what you got to do to eat, what's the client that you see as a as a stalwart in the arts world in in the arts community
2: right now? yeah I'd say it's a lot more i would uh, what's the word a lot more inviting than it was before or what I heard it was before because before you know you had gatekeepers, you had sort of like a limited amount of opportunities because of those gatekeepers in the channel that you were able to display work, but now it's like you're able to sort of be your own agent be your own manager create your own fan base and sort of open up to where it's like you don't have to rely on sort of any other entity so because of that it seems like there's sort of this uh wide openness uh to the art world which allows for other artists to be a little bit more uh sort of inviting and friendly and sort of help helpful to other artists because they feel like they don't have you know a piece of their pie being taken away So it's like Mm. everyone has a piece and everyone has a a, a space in in the world. So you're able to actually, you know, do your thing, but have other artists do their thing. And that sort of overlap on your work or sort of uh, take opportunities away from you. So, I mean, that's like what I've been sort of kind of noticing. And it's been really interesting just to see how more the the art world is opening up.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, with hip hop. Okay, you can go through one, like, when blogging, when blogging, you know, sort of jumped up there at the at the inception of the internet, traditional news uh, had a problem with it. And it was like, oh, here come the bloggers, you know, and there was a distinction like you're not a real journalist, you're a blogger. Um, Hip hop has dealt with it, um, I think. In the uh, the mumble rap era, I think was the biggest delineation between, you know, true, you know, to the art, artists, and then you know the, this wave of young people that are making music, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, they're making the music themselves, a lot of them, um, distributing themselves, but maybe not looked at in that same sort of gleaming eye as the rock hymns and the, and the you know, the traditional hip-hop way of being. And it seems like every medium, you know, every section of our society kind of has this, right now in the Internet world, the traditionalist versus the non-traditionalist sort of thematic, you know, explosion. Um, it's interesting to hear you say that the arts community has been a lot more inviting because I know in our town, and we're both um, out of Denver, Colorado. You know, as an outsider looking in, I've often wondered, you know, is that divide lessening or widening? Because you hear some of the acrimony and that crab in a barrel mentality that you had kind of mentioned earlier. Um, is that something that is just, always going to be part and parcel with it because it is art or is that something that you really feel like this can be a,
2: a wide-ranging inviting sort of scenario for anybody
1: to get their inspiration on?
2: I mean, it's going to be, a, it's a wide-ranging sort of uh, spectrum. Uh, you're going to have people that have that mentality, that crabbing about mentality um, and it's always going to be a part of any anything, you know, because some people, you know, they, they blame others for, for, um uh, them not seeing you know opportunities or them not seeing a way to sort of uh get the the work out there get themselves out there, so it 's always going to be a part of anything that you do in society, and the mm. art world is not immune to it um uh, but you know I just see less and less of it, and as mm. these platforms sort of uh uh grow and artists sort of own their own space, I see a lot more um what's the word uh a lot more just like i said of a a community and of a community that is you know not sort of uh bound by geographical boundaries as well so it's like the community is all over the place and it could be you know you're just in a mural community but you know that community is spread all over the world um because of the digital age and you're able to get out there um, so, you know, it, it's a whole new world when it comes to uh, being a full-time creative.
1: Yeah, and as a full-time creative, like, you would know better than most because you do it well. And that the success that you've had, you know, everyone can see it. You know what I mean? You, you your, your Instagram or your social media following is robust, and it is indicative of the work that you've done, not vice versa. You know, you weren't like a – Soundcloud rapper, so to speak, who just pop big with one thing. we like have been consistent, pushing and growing. Um, that that crossover between street art and muraling and, and, and mirrorless. Let's talk about that for a second, because I know the street art graffiti side um, has at times taken exception to the appropriation of what they believe is their medium, and it being you know uh, homogenized with non traditional street art. Um, or at least non-traditional, you know, graffiti art. Um, that 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 is is that kind of the is, is that
2: kind of the space that you're talking about seeing growth in. Like that's lessening. I mean, yeah, you're, you're definitely seeing growth in that area. So like the the graffiti part and the, the street art are sort of you know street art does have graffiti under that umbrella, but you know the muralists are definitely different than uh, graffiti artists. And sometimes there's they're one in the same so like graffiti artists they have you know a different sort of aesthetic a different sort of uh philosophy a different mentality you know a different way of uh approaching the arts um but you know a lot of those graffiti artists will also do uh you know other sorts of street art and other just murals in general Mm -hmm. but i see that entire space sort of growing as more artists are able to gain access and to to that knowledge of how to do it because before you know Sometimes you just didn't have the people in your community that could teach it. But now it's like you get, you can have YouTube, you can have people online, people on different apps help you out and collaborate with. Like I said, the community is, is uh, not bound by geographical regions anymore. So it's like you're able to mm-hmm. uh, get into different sort of areas. So the I see a lot of growth, um, you know, some positive, some negative in many ways because, you know, it's still such a new f- way of creating, you know, it's It's like hip hop is, you know, it's, it's only what 40 years old for almost 50 years old. Uh, so it's like, it's evolving. It's not like it was there from the beginning of time, this art form. So you starting to see how people are changing it up and, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do that, you know, it's a digital age and, you know, being able to sort of travel really easy and getting mobile. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just interested in seeing where it goes. More art is
1: is never a bad thing, um, and you're talking about the digital age. I had a question that was that hit me when I was thinking of things to talk to you about. And it's like, with with things being the way that they are, and we are especially now under quarantine. We're just far more um, digitally funneled. You know what I mean? Most of your lines of communications uh, outside of your own little bubble are going to be through that, through those mediums. Can a visual artist afford to be like social media irrelevant in a digital age?
2: I mean you you can be it just depends on what type of market you have championing you if you're you know a a dope artist but you know no one really knows about you that means you're you're having sort of uh, financial support or like being championed in different ways whether it's you know having a benefactor that sort of uh, funds a lot of your work because they believe your work is uh, valuable to society or it's like museums and sort of uh these larger institutions that love to to back your work because they also deem it uh sort of beneficial for society to see it being made and displayed but it's like you're you're sort of uh exempt from having to do the whole social media aspect of it even though now more and more you know you're starting to see you know galleries and museums and these institutions rely more and more on social media uh, so mm-hmm. it is, it's it's a word space to where it's kind of like you you do have those individuals, artists, and creators that can do that, but I see them less and less um, out there because you know if they're if they're dope, they're in a museum. You know, there's always something tr- backing them. Whether it's right, it may not be social media. Maybe their agent getting them on this you know the like the abstract documentary on Netflix that's super famous so you know some of the artists I've never seen on Instagram or social media but you know I found them through that sort of uh, documentary series on Netflix and that's how they sort of get out there so they're sort of exempt from you know the the you know the person-to-person peer-to-peer sort of platforms rather they're like getting back by being on these larger sort of institutional platforms
1: yeah it's crazy because you, when you mentioned that Netflix thing, I immediately thought about um, the stuff that you got a chance to do with David Letterman. And Bro, your career is, <laughs> your career is crazy, man, because I'm trying I don't to, know, man, I'm you, trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't stop, bro. And it's like I don't know if you would consider it, you know, um, diversification because you're still a visual artist. But you've pretty much touched. Not every, but so many different non-traditional means of putting yourself out there. What what do you attribute that to? Like, is is that is that just is that just attributed to the quality of your work? Is it? I have a theory about you, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I think I th- that. I think it's. Go ahead. Go no. Go ahead. What are you gonna say? I,
2: no, I mean, I, I think it's just a little bit of everything. You know, it's like I, I did go to business school, did my MBA. That helps out. You know i was a a military brat so i moved around so i'm able to i'm easily able to sort of get outside my comfort zone when needed you know it's like i had you know parents that were sort of strict so it's like i'm i'm very uh intentional about some of the the moves that i make and very organized you know I, i basically did a ton of marketing and event promotion and you know all these things that i got into while i was in my you know teens and 20s like Doing open mics and doing lectures and, you know, booking people for campus. So I had to read contracts and, you know, work with all these different, all that stuff just like adds to, I guess, the, uh, the ingredients that sort of is my career. And I think that is really sort of like what, what made me sort of stand out. And then like the work is good. So like, you know, the work is good. And I'm able able to capitalize on all these different spaces, um, because I was sort of, uh, bred that way or grew up that way and had all these different skill sets. So like it was only natural that, you know, I, I would sort of have some sort of uh, success in many ways and you know, I'm lucky to be in Denver too. It's so like I could have easily been in small town, you know, Idaho or, you know, some place out there where it's kind of like the arts community is not as sort of uh, robust and really just like, you know, go unnoticed in many ways. But, um, you know, I was lucky to be in Denver. You know, at the time when I went full time, it was growing and expanded. And, you know, we got a lot of funding and support. So it's like everything sort of just aligned.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I have a theory that could combine with that because even in just listening to you express yourself now, like, I don't know many people that meet you and don't all, we all have these conversations about you behind your back, <laughs> which is more so that you are genuinely one of the best people that I know, like you're a good person. And it, it's not ironic to me that you're affiliated with that brand. And I promise, it's like the law of attraction. I, I I tend to think, especially now, it's something about, you know, moving into the Aquarian age, I think, you know, which, you know, is about what you know um, and, and not so much about what you believe. Um, I think the energy um, over the last two, three years has just been intensifying in terms of, you know, I don't know if you're a woo-woo person, but karma and that, and that, and, and what it can do for you—it's more, you know, it's an effect of what you do. And you explain that well when you just talk about your processes. I Thomas, think that you experience a lot of the success that you experience because you're a good person, you're a genuine person, and I do believe that the law of reciprocation or attraction or the universe, whatever you want to call it, rewards that. What do you think about my? What do you think about that that theory that I have with you?
2: I mean, that definitely is uh, a huge part of it. You know, it's kind of like, like I said, like I, I, I want to reach back and teach other artists and help other artists. So, like, people notice that. People want to sort of uh, uh, champion people that are all about that. And the relationships are one of the biggest things that, you know, in, the, in, in any community, uh, but especially the arts community, you really need to sort of find those opportunities, find, you know, different sort of uh You know friends and you know people to back you and things like that so like the relationships you you create are are super important so being someone that people can you know rely on being someone that people really respect being someone that people really enjoy being around is is, you know almost like the the what is it i think it's the word linchpin of how to be a, a a great artist or how to you know you know increase your chances of you know, getting to where you want to be um, because I like when people sort of walk away, like they meet me and they walk away from me feeling better about themselves. So that's like one of the things that, you know, I think really helps out. Is that something that your your folks put in you, like that that demeanor that you have?
1: Like where does that come from in a shark-filled world, you know what I mean? Especially the arts world, man. I, I, I don't want to be – I'll play the devil's advocate in these conversations. Because I just don't. I know that you have a the a, a heart of a lion in you. You couldn't do the things that you don't without being a fighter. But um, in a in a in a sort of pool shark, you manage to to succeed as this unicorn fucking dolphin or some shit. You know what I mean? You're just like you're you're not normal um, from my perspective when I look at the art world because it can be very cutthroat. And it can be very Envious, and, it, 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 and in fact, I, I feel like it is. I just had my first foray into it with this Meow Wolf thing and just knowing some of the, the the side conversations that I've heard had about how, you know, we reach this point and whether or not we deserve it. Like your 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 attitude, your mentality, is that something that has just always been with you? I mean, I would imagine so considering what you did prior to jumping into create the creative space full time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's been built into me because, you know, it's like um, because I've been able to dabble in different communities, hang out with different people, traveling a lot. It's like I gain appreciation for just like uh just like humanity and like, you know, just helping people out and just being good and seeing how, you know, that helps to create a better, better world. Uh, just like sometimes just sitting with myself and figuring out, you know, like what type of person do I want to be, uh, while I'm on this earth for a short period of time and seeing, you know, how good things can sort of come back to you and, you know, it's, it's just like natural to me and like you sort of find it when, you know, when no one's looking, like when you go to another place and no one's looking, no one knows you, like what type of person, uh, do you want to be because you can be anyone you want to then it's like nothing, uh, can go back on you, but like when you're sort of always, you know, going out your way, it's like, you're basically a genuine person. It's like, you, you definitely want to just be uh, a, a good person. So I've been, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of those situations and I always sort of end up, you know, doing the right thing because it was just fill it inside of me. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I guess it's just like everything that I just grew up with and just seeing how the world is and how I want the world to be uh, for future generations. Mm.
1: That shit is like, I mean, it's it's real. Um, I think the year that we just came out of, and that's not to say, oh, it's 2021 and everything is, you know, coming up roses, um, was so much tumult, you know what I mean, so much acrimony. Um, I thought it was appropriate that you were able to lend your voice, you you and Hiro. I don't know who else is in the group for Spray Their Names, um, in a time that, you know, that needed. I got a two-part question. One, what onus does the, in your opinion, does the arts, community have on overtly or um, effectively adding its talents, its voice to social issues to help us heal. So that's the first part. Like, is there an onus at all that the art community has in that? Um, Well, let's start there. Do you you think that there is?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always got to create work that sort of talks about the current situations of what's happening in your society because I call visual I call uh, artists like the visual historians of society because you can go back and you know see hieroglyphics and see what's happening or you know you go back and see a lot of the paintings by Michelangelo and you know you know what the religious climate is in society and how the dynamics between men and women and you know what they believe in so like you can even go back to the Harlem Renaissance and know exactly what people were thinking uh, when it comes to you know you know the, the black population, so you know artists will always have uh, the space to where they're sort of documenting uh, current sort of climate, and that's super super important. Uh even when sometimes they're not sort of talking about uh, overtly or, or about um, you know what's happening, it's like you can always see from the materials and the things that they're using and maybe the colors about you know what what it looks like during that time. So regardless of, you know, sometimes whether you intentionally do it or not, it's like you're always sort of documenting history.
1: Yeah, it can be inadvertent sometimes. It can be, like, in your face. Um, it had, I think, uh, art had a chance. I don't know if music, I don't know if the music space did right by it. You know, we got a couple of homeboys here in, in, in town that did the uh, Can't Breathe. Um, and my, my homeboy, Mike, you know Mike Coates. Um, a couple of the homies put that together. I think music might've missed an opportunity, uh, in 2020. And like I said, it's not that, that those times are past us. We're just in a different year, you know, whereas you all in the visual arts community, um, took that thing by the, by the horns, um, and we're able to at least, you know, and have always, you know, spoken to, I mean, the social times and I don't know what, what. Where do you come out on art overall, like music, spe- I guess, specifically? And is, it's, is it ne- necessary that artists be focused on speaking to the times in that medium, do
0: you think?
2: I mean, it's different for every artist because uh, sometimes it's like you can go really wrong trying to document what's happening if it's not done uh, correctly or intentionally um, mm. because sometimes it, it can come off as, you know, opportunistic. So sometimes it's kind of like, you know, until you find the right way to communicate that, you know, sometimes it may be best to just, you know, sit back and, you know, keep thinking of it until the time is right. Um, because you, like I said, it's like, um, it can go really wrong, really fast if you're trying to do it and you're not thinking it out sort of correctly. And with music, it's like, it's such a, uh, I wouldn't say it's such an easy way. To communicate something but you know it's kind of like everyone can sort of make a song about this topic sure. or so how do you do it a little bit differently how do you do it to where it's not just another you know a song coming out or it's just noise so I definitely see you know a lot of uh, musicians trying to figure out other ways to sort of get it get that message out there what they're feeling out there um, because like I said it can go really wrong really fast so you know, you just got to be intentional and, you know, you got to figure out the right time for it and mm-hmm. don't do it until like the time is right. Um, with uh spray the name, like the time was, was right. And, you know, it wasn't really sort of forced at all. Uh, it was just really organic and, you know, it, it, it made an impact and, you know, it, that, that was that. So it's kind of like, you know, we're not trying to force anything. So that's, that's mm-hmm. sort of like what I have to say about, an artist sort of tried to tackle a lot of these different sort of topics. And sometimes it's like you don't want to feel forced to do anything um, because sometimes, like I said, it's just not there um, at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a quality observation because you can tell when it's inauthentic and uh, as soon as social change becomes opportunistic, um, it leaves a bad taste, at least in the mouths of those who are astutely observing, you know what I mean? And, no yeah. one wants to see um, a, an, an era or a time or a happening exploited um, for, you know, personal gain. So let me ask you this: uh, another question I've written down for you. Which matters, which which matters most to Detour?
2: The mission or the paper? Oh, definitely the mission, man. Like I get super excited when people meet me and they talk about the Archit Tuesday or. You know they talk about you know some project that they really enjoyed so i mean that's like what what really matters because you know if, if i had the paper i could just become a lawyer or you know i could have been a doctor or something something else so you know the mission is always sort of fun because i enjoy that journey that's crazy because you know
1: in the arts i i think in, in you know technology has a lot to do with it in the arts i don't think it's ever been easier and we kind of started this conversation you know talking about the traditionalist viewpoint i don't think it's ever been easier to jump into the arts because of technology and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing i think that more i think more seats at the table is uh, is obviously a good thing i think it just you know it gives ear to more inspiration and more inspiration can only lead to more inspiration um but there is that sort of you know gatekeeper mentality for a traditionalist that would say, Hey, you know, what are your motivations for doing this? It happens in DJing a lot. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but it's like pretty girl, um, you know, get some knowledge of a mixer and a controller and it's obviously easier for her to become a, a, a DJ of, of, of renown. And, that has been something that I've talked to a couple of people about in the art space and not to camp out here too long. Cause I do want to, I do want to focus on a lot of the projects that you've just accomplished over the last, you know, three, five years. But that, that, that's always been kind of a point of concern for me. You know what I mean? Because like you said, you know, the money could come from a bunch of different ways of getting to money and art should Um, theoretically always be a space for sort of inspiration um, as opposed to, you know, also being, you know, another camp out spot for for capitalism to to do what it does because it dilutes the arts. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah, it definitely does.
1: So let's talk about some of the things that you've done over the last three to five years. Um, First of all, I am proud to say that I had any hand whatsoever in you penning your first book as an author. Talk about that experience um, uh-huh. and, and, and 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 how it changed you, if at all, going forward. You know, writing a book that was really expanding upon what you do with R2TUSA.
2: I mean, that was that was really dope. Thank you for uh, connecting us and everything, but that was like you know just a an opportunity to flex. The more literature side of my brain, because usually I'm more of a, uh, visual artist. So like actually flexing the, the written skills and, you know, the, the literary side was really cool. And just like being able to place those art tip Tuesdays in a, uh, form that was, you know, easily able to be purchased at Barnes and Nobles or online on Amazon things like that was something else as well. Um, but that was just like an opp, like I said, an opportunity to, to get outside the box for a little bit and just flex those writing skills and to sort of get all those little nuances that I've been writing about on, um, my Instagram, you know, into a written form and to figure out what the whole publishing industry is about. So, I mean, it was almost like a good year of writing and figuring out how to, um, put it into a document and send it to a publisher and have it sort of go through that whole process of getting printed in, in a book and you know, samples and all this other stuff. So, you know, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was it was like going through and interviewing a lot of people that, you know, that I admired admired uh from afar and like doing interviews with them and, you know, people that I knew and trying to get their perspective and you know, just trying to create a book that uh, people can really enjoy. But um yeah, it was it was a fun opportunity. Um, trying to still uh, see where it takes me, um, but yeah, I mean, it was something different for me.
1: I, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point because there's not really one to be made. You basically I sat down with you and you were like, this is something that I want to do, and then you turn around and you did it, which is it's not you know it's not odd. A lot of people do that, but you have this uncanny ability. It's like the five pointers thing. It's like you've really written, you know, as I know, and there's probably more that you've written, um, two really great works. There's Be The Artist, and then there's um, The 5 Pointer Show. And that was a show that, like, you know, I know a lot of people were able to get into it and digest it, They were able to get to Red Redline, um, make the walk, and, and really realize that you didn't just come up with an inspiration on how you would diversify yourself artistically, visually there's a story behind that. Like storytelling is is important to you. I would take it then
2: um, as a visual artist in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, storytelling is definitely different. Storytelling for me was a whole new ball game trying to figure out exactly how to uh, sort of mold the, the two sort of traditions and storytelling and traditional work and figure out how that could sort of play, play a role. I mean, it was like that year was, was massively sort of uh, challenging in that, you know, I didn't know how to do a lot of this stuff. So it was just basically trying to figure shit out as I was going along. And for me, it's like the storytelling, the working with Red Bull, working with like musicians as well uh, on the five-pointers, working with fabricators, like that was really interesting. So everything was just, I mean, just just new and challenging and trying to figure that stuff out. I think helped me grow as an artist but the storytelling part for me was like the most exciting part uh, because I've se- i try to like borrow from the music industry in a lot of ways mm-hmm. in terms of being innovative because you know like as musicians it's like there's multiple ways that they've been sort of trying to get their music out there and communicate their music and albums stuff like that and you know it's like they're always engaging so how do you try to include that into the art space so that's basically my mentality when I was figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do for the five point show and for, you know, almost like, um, 2019, 2020 in general.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like you had a 2019, like to be remembered. Uh, I know personally, but for the town, you know what I mean? And it was like then the the book dropping right after that early 2020, you were able to, you know, sort of get ahead of the, you know, the, the COVID curve and all of that. Like, you make diversifying yourself look easy, isn't it? is its it as easy as it looks, Bigger?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you got to be disciplined. you got to be sort of dedicated, and, you know, you just got to enjoy the journey um, because it ain't easy, um, you know, trying to figure it out, you know, and I'm always trying to learn stuff from other artists that I admire who has their their sort of practice, you know, put together really well, and it's kind of like just trying to, figure out how to uh, how to do more man just figure out how to how to be different the capacity like
1: where do you what do you draw on inspirationally for the capacity for what you're going to do next is it as simple as i feel like doing this and that's going to is there like is there a method to it that's exactly
2: what it is as simple as i just want to do this right now and like figure it out i like i want to do some more metal working so like picked up a welder just to learn and then sewing as well so I got to pick up a sewing machine so it's just kind of like learning new mediums and materials and then like sometimes you just got to dive into it just to see exactly what is possible so that you can be like okay now this is uh, what I want to do
1: right of all the things that you've done of all the things that you've produced I mean photography um you know the let's talk about the mask project for a second because uh, they still live in is one that shouldn't be forgotten about what we'll talk about the inspiration behind it how you brought it together into fruition and um and and just what that did for you
2: career-wise personally yeah so the mass project was like that was born out of like moving to tanzania for a while you know being asked you know if i was tanzanian by you know the village and then i was like no and then they're like no you are and then i got really interesting in terms of like where do, where do i come from so After coming back to Denver, like getting, you know, a DNA test and then figuring out where I was from and then basically um, uh, going around, like talking about that story, getting other people inspired to sort of figure out their DNA and then really just like going to um, uh, meet other individuals as I was like turning to full-time arts and then having them hear about my story, inviting me to sort of like see this African art collection this is like Paul Hamilton who found out about the story and then invited me to see this collection then saying hey you know this would be sort of like interesting sort of opportunity to combine the two uh, which is like displaying his artwork or his collection in a way where it's kind of like you know I'm actually getting other people to take a, a test to figure out where they are from so that they know their lineage and figuring out you know that whole story but the thing was like everyone had a story to sort of tell whether they you know knew where they were from or didn't so for me it was like a project that sort of related to everyone and then doing it in the community where it's kind of like you think you know people but sometimes you just don't know you don't get into those uh conversations those really personal conversations so this art project really opened up a lot of people to like figure out you know who where they're from where their friends are from and just start that conversation uh so like the people we uh basically enlisted you know, were all sort of instrumental in the community and creatives themselves and getting them DNA tested and having the community find out where they were from and seeing these type of items they were sort of picking from the collection as they were doing the photo shoot uh with the pieces from the African art collection was really interesting as well. So I mean it was it was a great project that was just like, you know, snowballed into something bigger and bigger and bigger. Um to where it was like one of the projects that I really liked because, you know, it it more about the it was more about the project and the concept and just having fun with friends and like being more explorative about, uh, anthropology and, you know, lineage than anything, um, because, you know, it was like all sort of, you know, funded and supported by the community. Mm.
1: What's the, uh I mean, wine label, uh covers for David Letterman's uh, show, um, you know, the Nuggets. Like, bro, you've, you've covered a lot of ground in uh, not a short amount of time, but you packed a lot in. What are what are some of your favorite reflections of the last or, or just of your art career to this point? What are some of your favorite moments and reflections like projects that you've gotten to work on?
2: Yeah, I mean, like going to France for residency, going to – Buenos Series Argentina for residencies were really sort of impactful. You know, having a residency at the Art Museum was really impactful. Um, you know, working with Red Bull on that last show, uh the Five Pointers um uh, was really impactful because all these different um sort of opportunities I grew from. And those are the best ones to sort of like, you know, that are I guess the best ones for my career were the ones I remember the most because it's kinda of like They really challenged me. So like going to, you know, these different places and having to sort of figure out how to do artwork in those places and, you know, how to work with other people and how to work, you know, you know, while I'm uncomfortable, you know, those are the ones that I really like because they're the ones that sort of help me grow the most. Mm. Does
1: it, uh, I mean, does it get, where, where, where do you find yourself like with someone who's done so much and hasn't just pigeonhole yourself, so to speak, and, into any one lane, you know, are, are, is the, the scene wide open or, or do you have to set sort of boundaries for yourself to stay within a space or, or do you just dash that completely and just devil may carry? And like how far are you planning out for what you're going to do beyond your schedule or is it really okay. just coming to you as it comes?
2: Uh, I say it comes to me as I come type of thing because sometimes like I don't really plan out too much. You know, it's like I know I'm going to do murals in the future, but it's like, you know, maybe I have one that's super planned out or one project that's super sort of like something I want to do. But a lot of things just come as they come because, you know, especially especially this past year, it's like you just know things will change on you really quick. So you got to be flexible. Uh, so, like, being a creative, like, I always have to be flexible when it comes to, you know, creating and sort of direction I want to go. Mm.
1: I love that. I love that only because it kind of reflects in – the body of work that you have to offer up, you know what I mean? A yeah. book or, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, a, a series that is dedicated to a fictitious band that you wrote about, um, your partnership with Be A Good Person, which let's let's camp out there for a second before I let you go. Um, Be A Good Person is a brand that has been exploding on the local scene, and I know that they've gotten traction outside of here. Um, and it kind of brings me full circle to my ethos about it. You talk about that relationship that you have with them, um, and the collaboration that you guys got that that you have going with them coming out soon. Yes.
2: Yeah, so I've been working with, uh, like Julian, one of the co-founders for like a good bit, like even before they even made the a person. So like, uh, once they made the brand, it's like just been working with them off and on, on different projects here and there. Um, so like this past, uh, couple of months this past year uh They were wanting to do a collab with me, but I usually like sort of reserve when it comes to clothing um, because a lot of times people just, just want to print on a t-shirt. So it's like, I don't want to just like print something on a t-shirt and you know, that's it. So they were like, no, we want to do like jackets and the whole drop. So basically, you know, we're working on uh putting together like a good drop with a jacket, a shirt and like a bucket hat and a couple other things and just really making like a a true collaboration uh um, with the brand. So, I mean, they, they're really good people, you know, they they're always sort of, uh, on the up and up and basically it's kind of like they, they, they know what they're doing when it comes to, you know, make clothing and sort of the quality of it. So I'm always down to sort of collaborate with them on, on a project like that, but, um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, man. It's like, um, I'm learning, you know, about the fashion industry and cut and sew and all this other stuff, you know, as I'm working with them.
1: What are what like? Fashion's the next <laughs> fashion industry's the next lion that you're gonna slay. The next dragon that you're gonna slay. Like what? Uh,
2: I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: Not going. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't
2: know. It's like just just working on you know, just like figuring out what what um, I'd say. What interests me in the future? Because I just never know. It's like I just want to challenge myself.
1: I fuck with that i fuck with that heavy and man, i appreciate you spending some time with me and and the whole hard truth audience um i think that the way that i'm going to title this one is appropriate because i'm serious when i say this thomas no bs man like um the fact that we finished on the be a good person tip um, might have been kind of poetic because i really do think you embody that i think you embody that sentiment and i think that the arts world not just the arts world but the arts world in particular um, but the community that you work out of professionally um, benefits from having a person that actually exemplifies. Because you, you you can't be seen without being be a good person sweatshirt on. You actually exemplify <laughs> that. I'm serious though. You you exemplify the, the message. Like as you leave, I think I would love to hear you speak to, not the social climate as from a political standpoint, but. Um, just words of encouragement, you know. I mean, for the audience, for other artists uh, going forward in you know times that can be uncertain. Um, like, 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 do you have a message for for, for people in that regard?
2: Um, I mean, really, like a lot of times, I just tell a lot of artists to enjoy the journey. And you know, it's, it's like it's hard for a reason because you know you don't want it to be something that's easy to get into. Um, you know, the challenge of the journeys leads people out. So enjoy that journey, uh, document the times, document like what you're going through, because that's really what makes the best artwork. Uh, not trying to follow the trends, not trying to follow, you know, what's popular or what makes money. It's like really documenting what you're going through, uh, because artists, you know, are unique because they, they're all different and really just like enjoying the journey as you're sort of going through life and you're going through these sort of, uh, times you know that that is what you really want to do uh when sort of getting into the studio studio and sort of creating work and building those relationships with other artists collaborating with other artists and uh really just like trying to build a positive arts community because especially nowadays it's a lot easier uh than before so we got to take advantage of that op- those opportunities to do that uh but the one thing i always say like i said before is like enjoy the journey uh of like Trying to become the artist that you want to be.
1: The word from the goat.
2: What? <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's, what's like up, church. man.
1: <laughs> That's that what's like up. Church. Dropping
2: gems, dropping gems, <laughs> dropping gems.
1: <laughs> man, I appreciate you spending the time, bro, man. You you're tight, bro. And um, nothing but success to you in the years to come. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on your line because if what's nothing, what's is, last, man? you man. You always are a positive influence, and you need to know that. At least coming from me, and I know a lot of people in the town um, and in the art community feel like that. You're a positive influence, and we're better for having you out here, bro. Like, for real.
2: Bless, bless, man. I feel the same way about you, man. I'm just uh, glad you have me you on, the, on the podcast, bro. Thank you for that. No stuff. No worries. No worries at all. See
0: Look what I tell you? I told you. You' gonna feel good after listening to that episode it's like church you sit with that man for any amount of time and you have no choice but to be infected by positivity thank you to my homeboy boy thomas thank you to detour uh, for coming on the show and kicking off 2021 with me um listen there's a lot of good stuff in there whether you're an artist or creative or not and i challenge you over the course of this year to try and institute some of those some of those things that you heard thomas speak on uh, so eloquently into your life no matter what your walk of life is no matter what your chosen profession is and for those of you that are professional creatives or endeavoring to jump into the creative space in that way um, there's no better example uh, to follow so thanks again to my homeboy thomas thanks again to you thanks again to the dnvr podcast network for bringing the whole hard truth to you again search the DNVR, search the whole hard truth wherever you get your podcast apple spotify we're gonna be right there we're gonna be right here bringing you this good 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 this good 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 content all right man i appreciate y'all happy 2021 to everyone again uh the rain clouds can only last for so long the sun must shine again so um carry that with you as well appreciate y'all and we'll holla at you next time peace